0: As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com/easy. That's s k y l i g h t c a l.com/easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com/easy. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep tight stories
1: is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories.
2: Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids.
3: Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
5: podcasts.
6: What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Heidi Murkoff, and I'm on a mission, a mission to help you know what to expect every step of the way. ready to welcome your baby bundle, then get ready to start shopping, not only for that crib, that car seat, and all those impossibly tiny and precious outfits, but also shopping for a pediatrician. The right pediatrician can see you and your little one, and later your not-so-little one, through 18 years or so of checkups, immunizations, runny noses and fevers, tummy bugs, and boo-boos of all varieties. Help you troubleshoot shoot feeding problems, navigate nap strikes, resolve rashes, document your baby's amazing growth and development. So today we are talking about how to find the baby doctor that's right for you and your baby. And joining me today is Dr. Lauren Crosby, a board-certified pediatrician here in Los Angeles, and my personal go-to for all things baby, not to mention, full disclosure, pediatrician to two of my favorite babies, Lennox and Savannah. Sebastian. Welcome, Dr. Crosby. Hi, Heidi. Thanks for having me. First of all, we have talked a lot on what to expect about pregnancy and parenting during a pandemic, and there's a lot to talk about. But how has the pandemic changed the way that pediatricians practice? That's a good
4: question. So, in a couple ways, one is the way our office runs is different. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to have like Tons of little kids running around the hallways anymore and just the stroller parking lot. that We're trying to have it not crowded. Offices are doing video visits, right? Telemedicine visits or they call it telehealth, where certain things can be done that way, where you don't even have to leave your home. And we can set up times with people where we can look at certain things that way. Like I've had very successful office visits for things like bee stings or allergic reaction type rashes that they thought were that, or, you know, like eczema
6: or warts or, you know, discussing medication changes. Next best thing to being there. Right. Okay. Let's say you're expecting your first baby and you don't have the slightest clue on how to find the pediatrician that you know you're going to need stat. When is the best time to start looking for a pediatrician?
4: Really? Anytime during pregnancy, except for not maybe the last few weeks. (laughs) And even maybe before like 35, 36 weeks, like give it at least a month or more because you don't know how long it's going to take. Or maybe you want to interview a bunch of people and you want to have plenty of time and it has to match your schedules. Sometimes we play a lot of phone tag. So I think early is always good.
6: Definitely. Especially because there's always a a slim possibility your baby might come early Early. and surprise you. Yes. So you want to be all set. How do you start? What are the first things to consider? And I would imagine the first, first, first thing is deciding if you're going to use a pediatrician or a family physician.
4: You know, I think that that Decision depends on the family physician's experience. You know, pediatricians are specifically trained and only trained in the health development and illnesses in children. And that's very specific. So there are lots of things that we screen for. You know, now I've done this for 20 years. You know, I can eyeball stuff and be like, that's okay, that's not okay. You know, things like that. So some family physicians deal a lot more with older kids or maybe more adults. So it depends on how much of their practice is really real, true general pediatrics. I think that matters. Um, And then to actually find a pediatrician, you do want someone who is board certified. It will say after their name, after the MD or the DO, it'll say F-A-A-P. So that's Fellow of American Academy of Pediatrics, which means they're board certified. Now, some people don't put those initials after their name, but you can always call their office and make sure they're board certified or look them up even online. Often it's the OB, a lot of times who makes the initial recommendation or will give a list of people, call these offices, talk to these people.
6: Yeah, that's how Emma found you, in fact, was her OB recommended you. And you can also ask friends or coworkers.
4: Definitely. Very helpful because you may have friends, they know you, they know your style, they know that you're either worried about certain things or you're not, and they may be able to go, this is a good fit for you.
6: Yeah, and I, I wouldn't necessarily go by online reviews as mm-hmm. much as those...
4: No, because sometimes like even like for our Yelp page, they'll put a one star because the person was mad because our office doesn't take people who don't vaccinate. So he gave us, he went on Yelp and gave us a one star.
6: Gotcha. Yes. So
4: you know what I mean? It's extremes. It's either super happy or like super mad.
6: So clearly some parents are going to have more of a choice than others um, because of insurance coverage or because of their location, if they're in a rural area where there are a few choices. But if you have the choice, Would you suggest um, having an interview consult Mm -hmm. with a potential candidate, or would you even suggest two or three? Yes. I think it's good to
4: kind of get a list of people and maybe narrow it down. You could narrow it down by how many other friends you know that go there and are happy with them or how far is the schlep to the office you know Mm. especially in a city like LA where it could take you like an hour to not even go that far so traffic office location and hours and all of those things do matter and then it is good to do a visit we used to bring pregnant women into the office and we would sit down and meet with them now we're not so we're doing it either virtually on a video visit or via phone call too
6: and I feel like you might miss a lot in a phone call if you're not, you know, making eye contact. Mm-hmm. At least for me, I feel like a video call would be if if possible, would yeah. be preferable. Yeah, no, that's what we do. Yes. And even if you've made your decision without a consult, do you think it's important to have one call or video visit before the delivery so that you're all kind of all set about what's going to happen, what you can expect?
4: Typically, what I always did when I did those was I also would talk about what's what's going to happen at the hospital even during that. Uh, so I usually say, so once the baby's out, they call our office right away, and then we come see the baby and we kind of give them that, but they should call if they still have more questions for sure.
6: You make it sound so easy once the baby's out. <laughs> <laughs> just, just you know, like just like that. Not. <laughs> so let's Let's dig into some of the topics you'll want to cover with a potential pediatrician. Yes. I imagine some of these you could just go over with the office staff when you make your call for the appointment. Hospital affiliation, does that matter? I mean, we
4: like to see our newborns right when they come out. Like we enjoy going in the morning and seeing the new babies, but it doesn't always work out. Sometimes their insurance doesn't cover the hospital that we're... So at least if, you know, we'll see them within usually 24, 48 hours after going home then that's also good because they do have people who will cover and sometimes the OB who delivers at the hospital has a pediatrician they work with really well and will recommend to see your baby until you come to our office.
6: Do you think there are benefits to going into, there's probably fewer than ever, but solo practice as opposed to group practice or a practice that combines a nurse practitioner or physician's assistant?
4: Some it depends on style. Like I know there's parents like we have Five doctors right now in our practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have a a busy practice and a busy office, not crowded anymore, though, at least, but Mm -hmm. we do really have a good number of patients that we see. So for us, if you want an appointment at a certain time, like for the checkup, make it on your way out because an office that is on the busier side, their availability may be a little bit tighter um, to get Mm -hmm. you in at a time that you want. Whereas a smaller office, maybe with one or two doctors, depending how busy they are, you can find out those kind of things, like how long is the wait time to get an appointment, same day appointments, all of those things. And then, you know, if you have qualified nurse practitioner, you know, typically pediatric nurse practitioners are quite good and tend to know their limitations. Mm-hmm. And they are also supervised by a physician as well. It, it does depend on what's available in your area. I will say one other thing is that in our practice, I have found it's nice to have several doctors there at one time. There's always like two or three of us because also we'll talk to each other, run things by each other, or I'll say, look, I'm not going to be here tomorrow, but when you come back, I want you to see Dr. So-and-so. So I'm going to bring her in so you can meet her. And that way tomorrow, when you come back for us to look at the the wound or the cut or listen to the lungs, you'll know who it is and she'll be able to know what's going on.
6: But there's definitely a benefit to seeing Generally, the same pediatrician for every well baby checkup as possible.
4: Yes. And you do want to know who's covering, you know, if that doctor, especially in a solo practice, is on vacation. Uh, Because us, we always have multiple ones of us around.
6: You're not allowed to have vacation. I know,
4: right? (laughs) can't be off. It's not like we're going anywhere.
6: <laughs> no, exactly. Staycation. Um, so the phone calls, when parents have questions, should you ask how those are handled typically? Are there call-in times or is it a free-for-all and you wait for a call back? Some doctors do have call
4: in hours where people can just call Um, a lot of them take a message and they'll return the calls like we return the calls usually between 1215 and 115 and then after five if it's a specific call where they need us. But we do have trained nurses who do phone calls and often are the first ones on the phone triage because a lot of times they can tell you, you know what, you need to just come in. I'm going to give you an appointment. Or that is totally fine. And that is going around. And if that fever is still there by tomorrow, just call in the morning. We'll get you in. They know I get messages like yesterday. I got a few. The nurse put them right in my box. She said, this one you need to call or this one really would prefer to just talk to you. And that's fine. And we just call them back.
6: And protocol for emergencies. And I think it's kind of like a Murphy's law of sick kids, but it's always like Saturday night at 3 a.m. Right? Did you ask about that as well? Yeah, it's
4: also like who's covering and who handles the after hours calls. So some people have on-call centers that take over and then only reach out to the actual doctor if it's something that the on-call nurse system doesn't handle, mm-hmm. um, whether it's through the medical center they're affiliated with or a company they hire. For us, it's one of the five doctors We take turns each night on call. And so after hours, it's our same phone number and it gives two options. If it's the emergency, you press this and leave a message and we get paged right away versus I have a question that I need to know tonight, but I don't have to know right this second. Then we call back in about one and a half to two hours
6: on those. I'm sure you have the parents who think everything is an emergency. We do. We do. That's okay. (laughs) We know. And, you know, all those basics are super important, you know, and you can ask about how billing is done, all that, all those logistics. But I think even more important than that is making sure the pediatrician is on the same page as you when it comes to certain philosophies and points of view. This
5: podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the skylight frame. Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy.
1: When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep tight stories. Listen to sleep tight stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to
2: discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids can't catch me i'm going to you all this fun and more in our stories for kids lingo kids stories for kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening listen to stories for kids on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
6: Immunizations, I know that's a non-negotiable in your office, like every parent needs to accept immunizations for their their baby. Mm -hmm. What would you say to a prospective parent who comes in and says, I am really nervous about this whole vaccination thing. I heard this or that. As you know, it's also become like
4: a huge topic. So I do like to give them perspective because what's happened now is because these parents are not seeing polio every day and they're not seeing measles and they're not seeing pneumococcal meningitis and hip meningitis with children with hearing loss and brain damage. And you're not seeing it because of these fabulous vaccines. They need to realize that these diseases come back when we stop vaccinating. People travel all over the world. There are countries that don't have access to the vaccines and we are lucky that we have them. So I do go through my years of experience, what I have seen, how all of us have kids. We've all vaccinated our kids with everything. Mm -hmm. They're all totally fine and healthy. And we just really want them to know that it's benefits, 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 much
6: outweigh the risk. Exactly. And everyone around your baby should, should be, be up to date on, their on the vaccination. Absolutely true. Breastfeeding. You're not going to find pediatricians who are not pro-breastfeeding. I mean, Correct. Of course, they're pro-breastfeeding. But should you ask about how much hands-on guidance mm-hmm. you will be able to receive in the office? For instance, are there knowledgeable nurses or even a certified lactation consultant on staff? Because it, breastfeeding is a natural process that doesn't always come naturally.
4: So it depends how much trouble people are having. And I have found that the nurses at the hospital I'm affiliated with have just become better and better and better. And they have great lactation consultants. So we really like to make sure before we actually, they walk out of the hospital that they really at least have seen someone who's really can get them to latch and that they feel at least like they can latch that baby before they go home now sometimes it goes off the rails once you're home right the hospital exactly. everything seems to be fine and you get home and you can't let your baby and all bets off when the mail comes in right, right right yes exactly and then you're dealing with all of those things so um when they come in a day or two later and we check in and we see how they're going if they are having a lot of problems i will make a bunch of suggestions like let's try this position. Let's do this. Let's try this. Maybe pump a few minutes just to pull the nipple out and then stop and put the baby on. And we give them lots of things they can try. There are some lactation consultants that we work closely with and they always give them their card. Nowadays, they do a lot of virtual visits, Mm -hmm. but uh, there are those cases where they might need like up close hands on just to get the baby on. And then they back away and have their mask on and stand back. And that's very short and probably low
6: risk. And they're very careful. On the flip side, say a mom is planning to, for whatever reason, formula feed. Should she mention that just to get sort of a gauge of whether she might be judged for that decision?
4: Definitely should. I mean, hopefully they're not being judged for that. We understand there are certain personal decisions. For some people, that's a very personal decision. Some can't breastfeed because they have medical reasons or they're on medications or they've had surgeries on their breasts that it's not going to work. And they know that and it's fine, you know, and we definitely help them through it. And some women just really don't like the idea or they're going back to work in two weeks. So there's a lot of
6: reasons. So no judge. So you want to find a pediatrician who is supportive Mm -hmm. of whatever you decide to do ultimately, whether it's breastfeed for a short time, a long time. Mm -hmm. Now, nutrition and supplements, right? If you have strong feelings about that, is that something you should talk to the pediatrician about? For sure, because
4: there are a lot of them and you're going to hear a lot of things and there are only certain ones that really we feel are safe to use while breastfeeding because there's no studies on the impact of any of these on newborn babies so there's a lot we don't know and you certainly don't want to risk anything any kind of danger toxicity allergic reaction anything like that so you definitely don't want to take something without checking with your doctor
6: completely and I, and I think it's just probably good to get all of these issues on the table. You don't want a parent to hold back about anything.
4: No, definitely, definitely.
6: Okay, so you've covered the nuts and bolts of what is important to look for in a pediatrician. But then there are some intangibles, right? Don't you think? For Emma, it was so important to have a doctor who wasn't an alarmist. Um, and so her non-alarmist obstetrician referred her to you, a non-alarmist pediatrician who, just as importantly, was able to take her concerns seriously mm-hmm. while also offering reassurance. For me, it was all about empathy and a sense of humor. I feel like a sense of humor it helps. takes parents far and pediatricians far in the relationship.
4: Listening, I was just going to say, it's exactly like my, my little list is like a sense of humor definitely helps. Listening skills are super important. And also being able to give the parent perspective too you know it's super yes. important to go look and even sometimes from my own experience with my sons i'll even go look luke broke his arm in multiple places and we had to have surgery and they had to put a rod in or whatever and we got through it and I've been there, and this is going to be fine, and this is what we're going to do, or whatever it was. I'm able to reassure that it is—it's going to get better, it's going to go away. I promise
6: you. You know, so <laughs> is that actually something you should put on your checklist? Like th- that the pediatrician is also a mom or a dad? You know, it's interesting because I have friends
4: who practice, and one runs a clinic in New York, and he doesn't have kids. Uh huh. He's you know fabulous. You know, brilliant and fabulous. So like yeah. you can't. It's funny you think that. Oh well, they have to have children, but necessarily. It's so interesting.
6: But I think the perspective is often really helpful because you've been in the trenches. Yep. And world perspective, like, remember, there's this many millions of
4: kids who've done this or been through this or whatever, and they're fine now. So, yeah.
6: Right. What about exam table manner? Like, that's going to be super hard to judge, you know, until your, your baby is on that table. So what would you look for?
4: You know, it is hard to tell. But I think when you do do the interview, like you said, if you can get a video one, that at least is helpful. I mean, I like to talk to the babies. That's how I can do my de- part of my developmental assessment is I just let them stare at me <laughs> and see what happens, you know, and and the back and forth with the baby. And I dangle my stethoscope. Mm-hmm. And So I kind of spend time with them so I can see if they're reaching and grabbing, if they're trying to roll for things and And just staring at the baby is important. Let them look at your face. And I I watch them and I watch their eye contact and the social skills. So, And you know what? As you and I know, what is better for a baby's social and language development than people
6: talking to them? Eye contact. Right. Singing, talking. Narrating your day, right? Yep. So I also believe in mom gut. And I feel it's important for doctors to respect it remember when Emma had Lennox with the umbilical site was infected and she had the mom gut, something wasn't right. And she persevered. And sure enough, he ended up very rare case, but ended up, you know, with a a staph infection. Mm -hmm. So what are your feelings on mom gut? Obviously, it's not going to be a hundred percent, but. Right. I think
4: that it's very different with first baby mom gut and third baby mom gut too, but we know that and that's fine. But we always want to address it, whatever the concern is, you know, at least take it seriously and say, you know, I see why you're saying that or you feel this way, but here's X, Y, and Z to explain why this is okay. Or, you know what, you're absolutely right. Let's do this. Like, you're right. I think the formula isn't agreeing with the baby and let's check the poop for blood or, you know, so at least do something to address it.
6: And sometimes just to alleviate those worries and concerns. And most of the time the baby is fine. Vast majority of time. But when in doubt, check it out. It's just better. No, it's better. And that actually brings me to my final point. The way I see it, the relationship with your pediatrician, just like your OB or your midwife, should be a partnership. So you, as parents, will contribute what you know best, and that's your baby. And first-time parents out there are all saying, what do you mean? I don't know anything about my baby. But in fact, (laughs) you see your baby every day, every night. And so you you will get to know your baby and you will know your baby best. And then the pediatrician contributes to that partnership what he or she knows best and that's all the medical expertise and experience. And then you put that together and, and it's a beautiful thing. But what's your best advice for building a good relationship with the pediatrician that you do choose?
4: I think listening on both sides is good. You know, I think that's important. I think that making sure that you do ask your questions and that they are willing to answer them so that you don't feel brushed off or rushed is good. And also, you know, on the, on the parent side, you know, making sure that, you know, you show up on time for your appointments and that you kind of follow a lot of the stuff that we suggest that will actually help you. And if you disagree, I want to know. You know, I'll be, if the or if you tried and it didn't work, fine. Let's talk about it and make plan B.
6: So communication. That's the key to any good relationship, including the relationship between parents and pediatrician. And you will spend almost as much time with your pediatrician as you will with your partner. So (laughs) you want to make this relationship work. So I want to thank you, Dr. Crosby, for joining us and walking us through how to find the best pediatrician. Thank you. Thanks for having me. For listening, remember I'm always here for you. What to expect is always here for you. We're all in this together. For more on what you heard on today's episode, visit whattoexpect.com/podcast. You can also check out What to Expect when you're expecting, What to Expect the first year, and the What to Expect app. And we want to hear from you connect with us on our community message board or on our social media. You can find me at Heidi Murkoff and Emma at Emma Bing WTE. And of course, at What to Expect. Baby Love is performed by Riley Biederer. What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
5: Don't you stay, need you. need you. baby love, ooh, ooh, baby love.
2: Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids.
3: Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever
5: you get your podcasts. Snakes, zombies, sharks,
4: heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying, and even deadly, is distracted driving. Eyes forward, don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
0: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.